Hey friends, I want to admit something to you. We've been holding out. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to tell you something exciting that we have going on. For two and a half years now, we've been recording a podcast where we talk at you about leadership and the coaching work that we do, but we've never engaged with you. There's a Latin saying, acta non verba. It simply means deeds, not words. Inspired by the wisdom of this phrase, we committed to using our podcast to interact with you instead of just talk at you. So this is where you come in. And really, we haven't been holding out, but this is an idea that we've been developing literally over the last year and a half, trying to figure out how we could make it happen. And we've finally come to a commitment around it. So we're opening up the podcast to people within our community to be coached for absolutely free by someone on our team, namely Dan or Adrian. If you have a challenge that you know could be helped by some fierce advocacy and outside perspective, or if you've always wondered what you could discover with some rigorous coaching, this is your opportunity. And then we will be sharing those conversations on the podcast as a gift to our listeners, an opportunity to see the coaching and the conversations in action. Before you shudder at the thought of having your dirty laundry hung out to dry, don't worry, we've got your back. You might prefer your identity in these conversations to be about as visible as a chameleon wearing camo. That's perfectly fine. You can choose to remain anonymous, but if, on the other hand, you don't mind a bit of limelight, we're not going to stop you from soaking it up. This is for the bold and the brave. We're not just coaching for the fun of it, although it is a barrel of fun, trust me. Our commitment is to help you solve the issue, perform a proverbial 180, and stride confidently into the future. Do not expect a casual chit-chat. We mean business. Just like a rigorous workout targets muscles, we focus intensely on the challenge and the win it reveals. The conversation may be tough, but you, you're tougher. Expect rigorous conversation, effective solutions, and a solid sprinkle of fun along the way. So are you game to journey with us to a new horizon? We thought so. There's a link in the description of this podcast episode. You can click there, fill out a short form to apply to be one of those lucky enough to get coached on the podcast. We appreciate you tremendously. Now on with this week's conversation. It is what it is usually means it is here and it's going to be that way. So just buddy up to the hell. That's usually what people mean. Instead of it is the way that it is. Okay, let's let's change it. Okay. I'm willing to start here. You know, it's like when I when I talk about attitude of gratefulness or of gratitude, it's for me, I'm willing to start where things are. So whatever's going on, great. It is the starting spot that I'm called to right here. As good as it is, as shitty as it is, or whatever, I will start at the only starting point that's possible anyway, and it's just called current reality. Are you giving up your power? Do you know how to recognize it when you are? Do you know what to do to take it back? Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-host and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There's no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian, Dan, and I sit down to talk about taking your power back. Cue Rage Against the Machine. It's so pop culture right now to talk about taking your power back or being empowered, but I don't hear very many people asking the important questions like what is power? How do I know if I've given it away? And if I have, how the hell do I get it back? 
This conversation is packed full of counterculture ideas about personal power and how we can use it for the business and relationships that we're committed to creating. Let's dive in. Gentlemen, Dan, Adrian, how are you? Great. Good. Here, alive, ready to rock and roll. Excited for this so conversation. Grateful to be here with you. I hear, as we start this one, I hear rage against the machine in my head. But don't, don't, We got to take the power back. <laughs> I love that song so much. So today I wanted to talk about um, this idea of taking our power back. It's such an interesting, you know, it's a hot topic. It's like, it's very clickbaity. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting to get in. I wanted to get into conversation with both of you about how do you view this and how do we um, have a conversation about it that isn't a signaling conversation, uh, but ultimately a conversation that we can be with in a way that allows us to create more possibility in our businesses, in our lives, in our marriages, in our relationships. And uh, anyway, so I'm, I've been excited to bring this topic to the table uh, and get your get y'all's um, experience and thoughts around it. So as I talk about, first, I just want to kind of poke a little bit. As I talk about like taking your power back, what is it that first comes to mind for you guys? Well, I, I asked myself immediately, well, how did I give it away? What, 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 what do you mean, take my power back? Yes. Like, did Got I give it. it away? I didn't know I gave it away. <laughs> yeah. My first question is, what is power? Mm-hmm. What are we even talking about? I, there's definitely an experience of power. And so anyway, that's where I go first is like, oh, wow. Okay. This is like, a, it is a clickbaity thing and it sounds great. But the um, the experience of this, which it, obviously it pulls us to the table. It's like, if I've lost something, I want to find it. And power sounds powerful. So, but anyway, that's where I go first is like, hold on a second. I bet this is happening lots of places in people's lives. I know it happens for me often. I don't realize that I'm in that place. I've got an experience of not having power um, and, or like an interpretation of an experience of not having power. And I like kind of wake up to the reality of this. So I, anyway, I always want to like, what is the this first? Yeah. What is the this? How do you think about it? Because there's, there's obvious... A lot of times people talk about power and what they're referring to is power over others. Yeah. Right. Um, So there's a distinction between force and power. Okay. First of all, at least I make this distinction. I know Wittgenstein makes this distinction. So does Heidegger. And the distinction is that force is something that is, uh, it causes people to do something against their will or it's uh, it's destructive in many ways even though it may produce something you want it destroys a lot on the way it, power is creativity right this is what oh interesting so any anything that's creative that creates in the universe is power art you know uh great food you know by a chef uh, beautiful relationship where well, there was a breakdown. We, so power is the ability to bring order to chaos and and release beauty. That's if you think of it in that in that. At least that's what I've kind of picked up from the different thinkers, Dostoevsky as well. So and then the forces that is tearing down or or uh, 
compelling somebody to do something by threat, right? Like like taxes mm-hmm. are force. Um, you know, the government has force. We do it because we don't want to go to jail. We don't, you know, th- that might be what part of the motivating factor. So there's a distinction between power and force. Yeah. I, what I wrote down as my answer to that question, and I like your answer, Dan, a lot. Um, I just wrote down the, the, the phrase freedom to act um, yeah, for power. Um, and it's hard for me not to add freedom to choose and act, but I think, I mean, act and act is the fruit of a choice, obviously. Um, yeah. So, but it, freedom to act. And that's both, there are external and internal conditions that might limit that, or at least what we think about those things limits that. But I think if I'm, if I'm expressing my power, I'm actually owning all of the freedom that I have to go act, to go choose, to go, you know, make some decision, take some action, have anything around it that is therefore creative, which is, I think your point, Dan, is I can create and I own the possibility of creating something from something, something from nothing. Yeah. And so giving my power away would be, I don't feel like I have any ability to create here what I'm committed to. And if mm. I'm an entrepreneur, if I'm a founder, it, you know, think about those people I'm working with and I want to have a meeting and I go, well, I don't want to have my CFO there because they'll, I don't feel like they're on the team and, you know, I don't feel like if, if they come in, they're going to foul the water. Or if I bring the CMO in, they're going to give me another stupid idea that they haven't really tested out. Or I don't think they have, I, I don't think they're competent or I don't think they have the right attitude. Or like there's a number of different, like they're late again. What can I do about this? You know, they yeah, said yeah. they were going to deliver this and it's not getting delivered. I don't, I don't get what it's going to take to produce what we said we're committed to do together. It just simply being on time for a meeting or delivering the deliverable I promised I'd have by this date. I mean, those are all points of where, you know, you think about it. Anywhere I feel I have no creative resource is a good place to go if I want to find out where, like there's where I've given my power away. So so our fa- one of our favorite terms of stuck Stuck. I'm like, stuck. Struck, frustrated. Be, yeah, frustrated. Those can be an indication that you've given away your power. Th- th- this phrase, are we going to have this conversation again? We've already had this conversation <laughs> at least three times. When are you going to listen? That's a sign that you're giving your power away, mm-hmm. that you've given it away somehow. Yeah. yeah. So what I hear you guys saying, which I I'm, I love this, is so power is – Dan, you're saying creativity. Adrian's saying your freedom to choose or act. Yeah, I love both of those ideas, and I and I see how those are one or at least so integrated that they really can't. They're inseparable, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm so interested in kind this like idea. Adrian and me inseparable. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian's going. Eh, I don't. Oh, I man. mean. Well, <laughs> not really. I get, not damn really. it, Little Spoon, shit. <laughs> damn. Do it from a distance. <laughs> so what do people experience when they, you know, they describe it as stru- stuck, they describe it as frustrated. What is the experience of not having your power? I think despair is probably 
when I think about when I don't have my power, I feel despair. Like there's no possibility here. Mm-hmm. It's dead. Yeah. Um, I think it also feels like avoidance. Mm-hmm. It feels like procrastination. It feels yeah. like, oh, we'll get to that later. It feels like um, a lot of... Uh, comparison yeah a lot of comparison a lot of like maneuvering like needing every every little thing um i spent a lot of time just thinking about one of your examples about who can be in what conversation or what sequence once we put all these conversations it feels like a lot of puppeteering um and you know withholding information like who i can say xyz in front of and who can't and Walking on eggshells. Walking on eggshells. Or this shouldn't be the way it is. Yes. There's something wrong here. It's broken. I don't know what to do about it. It's your fault. I, you know, I don't, how can I do what you're supposed to do? Yep. Bitterness. Yeah. Bitterness Bitterness of like, uh, or holding on to something that you're unwilling to let go of is, is an experience of giving your power away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's probably worth saying, I mean, even that might not be true in the sense that whatever, I I could argue myself here for a second. I'm just saying giving my power away actually is based on the assumption that I actually had it at one point. So there are some in which it may be just in one domain in life in particular, might be career, might be leadership, might be relationships. There's might, there's be some, probably for all of us, there's some domain in life where we're in a very much survival mode and we might not have ever felt like on our feet grounded, you know? So I might not even have the feeling like I've given my power away. It's more like I'm in the desert here. I don't even have any power. I've never succeeded here. Or I'm broken in this way. Like I'm great at this, but I'm really broken in this way, Uh, which might be like workaholics, for example, that like throw themselves at work and they wake up and they're 50 years old and lonely because they've decided not to have power in the domain of relationships. Another, and they sp- another spend a lot of time. Go ahead, bud. Well, I was just thinking, sorry, Aiden, forgive me. Finish, go ahead and finish. Oh, I was just going to, uh, what was I going to say? Something where, um, let's see if I can find it again. I just, I'm thinking about people that spend a lot of time justifying to themselves and to others why they can't do something in some domain in life. Because if you're a high performer someplace, you're haunted but you're usually haunted by all the areas in your life that you've just justified why something can't happen. Yeah. And you Mm -hmm. excuse it and you talk about priorities and you talk about blah, 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 lots of ways in which to kind of just, I don't know, like section off that, that part of the building. It's like, we're just not going to go in there and I'll just try my best to be okay with this, but we're haunted by that. Yeah. Yeah. That true. What you were saying kind of triggered in me this thought that it's like saying, that's just the way I am. I'm, that's this right. Way I'm built. That's who I am. So how I'm wired. That's how, I'm, how wired. I'm wired. Yeah. So and 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 so that's the that's what I give to people when they expect of me in an area where I don't get any possibility because up until that point I've never been able to succeed or you know make ground or create anything. So I just say, well, that's just the way. I am, you know, like my wife might say, well, can we sit down and talk about this? And I go, I don't want to talk about it. In fact, that's just the way I am. I I don't need to talk about this. It could be that simple, you know? Yeah. Another place is I'm just not good at this. Yeah. That's right. 
you know, that that's that conversation. I was in this conversation with a client this morning and, you know, they're committed to something new in their business and in their marriage. And my, you know, as, as I asked questions or like, what else is possible? What else here in this, what in this conversation that you haven't thought of or that you haven't tried? And we brought, we came up with some ideas. And one of the ideas, his answer was, well, I'm just not good at that. Hmm. And I, and it, it made so much sense to me is that, and now in the, in the, in this context, Dan, as you talk about it in creativity, there was zero creativity there. Yes. Like zero. No reason. Nothing. Zero. I was thinking about a client. I've been in a conversation with a client and they they have a small business, very small business, and they want to grow it and they've got potential to grow it and um, submitted a proposal and it was $30,000 for three months for what we were going to do. It included Mm -hmm. all kinds of first consulting and then putting together a business plan and ramping. And one of the things that we had suggested is that they don't try to go to the other markets. They, like First, they're in a big market. Take that market. Learn what it takes to take the, and reproduce. Well, they, they returned and they said, well, you know, I wish I could afford this. I, I wish I could afford. I want to get to the place where I could afford 10000 a month for a consultant. And, and, I, and I asked him, I said, well, what do you think it would take to get there? Like, if you could get there, what do you think it would take to get there? And they couldn't come up with anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, so, oh, so, so you want to get there, but you don't see any way to get there. So do you think you'll ever get there? And, and they honestly, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think I will. I said, so you really don't want to get there. Right. And, and to, because the first, you know, I was like, what do you think you're up against? When I asked them that and they, they could not, they didn't even have that answer. They couldn't even like, what am I up against? And I think that's when you know fully you've given your power, you're give, you've given your power to everything around you because you have none of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where, that's where I want to go to. That's what I wanted to talk about next is where does the power go? Right? So if we think about this as energy and energy can't be destroyed, Maybe it's like that. I think it is. I do too. Um, where does the power go when we give it up? It's a good question. I, a couple of answers have come up. Obviously, it goes. I, two places occur to me. One, it goes to circumstance. Yeah. To other people, to situations, the market, to the culture, the market, etc. The other place it goes is it goes to the past. It goes to me validating Mm. the past, determining my future. Like, I've never been able to do it. This is where I came from. You're expecting something from me. I don't have the expertise. I don't have the education. I don't have this. I don't have that. I went through this. It disqualifies me, et cetera, et cetera. So it goes to either, or it could go to the future. And I never thought about that either, but it could go to the future. Like if we do this, I could fail. And if I fail, then I won't have anything left. I, I, you know, so I really can't do this because the potentiality of failures in it. And I don't want to look any further in it. I don't want to look at the dragon that's burnt me. I don't want to look at the possibility of loss. So I'd rather play not to lose. I'd rather do something I can predict like that. And that's, a sign that my powers, I don't have it. Mm -hmm. I want, I'm going to settle for something I know I can have because what I really want, I don't believe I have the power to get. And I, and then there's a series of 
hierarchical conversations that make me write about that. And by God, nobody else is going to persuade me off of those <laughs> like that. There's a, there was a moment in my life uh, when I left, I decided I was going to leave the faith that I was, that I was raised in and uh, the church that I was raised in. And, um, you know, in that moment, because of some of the rhetoric and some of the things that from my perspective are taught in the church, I also thought that meant the end of my marriage. Mm-hmm. I made up that that, that that was an inevitable uh, result result or, or casualty of my wanting to be in line with myself. And um, it's so interesting to, for me to look back. It's been eight, nine years now, almost nine years now. And it's so interesting for me to look back and be able to see exactly how much I gave my power away to that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Both, I said I didn't believe the things that were taught anymore, yet I was willing to not fight for my marriage based on what was taught. Right. And I think about that. It's like, so how easily I am willing to, how readily I'm willing to give the power away to something that I don't even agree with, that I don't even, you know, and that experience of like thinking that this is the way it is. Yeah, I think that's the background. Like when I say this is the way that it is, it's a sign that I don't have any power because I do, you know, just like the way that it is. In, in, in the sense that I can't affect it. I can't. Right. I'm not, it's now determining who I'm going to be. I because mm-hmm. there are things that are the way they are, and I can't change them. But right. that doesn't take my power away. It doesn't have to take my power away. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Let me say that one more time. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Now, that's an interesting thought. If that's true, it means that everything you have in life right now, the possessions, the relationships, the fitness, the mindset are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself. And if that's true, wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate? What's effective and what's ineffective? What your strengths are and what your blind spots are? It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15-question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation. It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show. Yeah. What, what people mean usually when they say it is the way that it is, it's actually, uh, it seems like it's a commentary on the present moment, but it's not. It's usually a commentary on the future moments that they will be what this is. Yeah. 
Because it is what it is usually means it is here and it's going to be that way. So just buddy up to the hell. That's usually what people yeah. mean. Instead of it is the way that it is. Okay, let's let's change it. Now okay, yeah. I'm willing to start here. You know, it's like when I well, when I talk about when I talk about having a gra- a, 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 a attitude of of gratefulness or of gratitude. It's for me. I'm willing to start where things are. So whatever's going on, great. It is the starting spot that I'm called to right here. As good as it is, as shitty as it is, or whatever, Mm -hmm. I will start at the only starting point that's possible anyway, and it's just called current reality. Yeah. And as no bearing, even this moment has no bearing on what's possible. I get to make that up. I get to project that. I get to decide what that is, at least the one I'm after, the future that I'm after. And I can be really willing to you know absorb and deal with also the other views of other people that are playing this game with me whatever the game is whatever the thing i'm into like that's also part of current reality that i think when people feel stuck that we are we are we are humbled by the reality we don't get to generate other people's reality like that is humbling to say oh shit i actually don't get to control I can act like I can control. I can attempt to control. I can manipulate and maneuver to control. Um, but none of that is actually authentic anyway. Like that's well, not going to work long, long term. Go ahead. Well, that's another way of giving your power away. Right on. Thinking, thinking I can control you. You know, you, what it reminds me of is when Eon died, the first thing I did was just be with it. Because my mind wanted to go, this can't be happening. You wanted there's got to be a way I can do something about this. There, no, there's no changing this. This is a, now what? Yeah. Now how? Who am I committed to being in this? Given what it is, yeah. And how will I stand in it? That, and I think that's where stand starts is just coming to terms with what is, and then deciding. Hmm. Now what? But if I give my power to the circumstance, I could have gone into you know. I'd be completely reactive. I'd probably crawl into a hole and disappear mm-hmm. on something like that. It was certainly an option. That, oh yeah. Well, believe me, it came to mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll disappear yeah. in the mountains somewhere and not come back. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you guys are illuminating this transition I want to make now in the conversation, which is how do we work towards taking our power back or what are the truths we need to understand in order to do this the first step i'm hearing you a highlight adrian if we would just like you know to be all formulaic about it and call it step one it's like getting connected to current reality what's actually happening and that's not something we can always do alone right <laughs> I, I mean i would even say often we can't do it alone because of the blind spots we carry the perspective that we maintain the evidence that we find on and on and on but that's so interesting step number one get connected to where things really are. Uh, yeah. And then there's some, there's some internal disciplines. Like there's power internally I have, which I can stop complaining. I can stop complaining about the way it is. Mm. It is the way that it is. Now what? The complaint is just about me wishing it was different. It's about mm-hmm. me disassociating from the situation and living in what I think it should be. And there, and that steals my power. The circumstance then has my power. The, the thing after that is stop comparing. 
I can st- I can control that. I don't have to compare how I am and anybody else's. I can decide who I'm going to be and be there. And I don't have to. And it's the way I'm there, and I can learn from that. That's one of my favorite places to stay stuck, Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the way you are <laughs> up until now. <laughs> All right. Get connected. Current reality. Stop complaining. Stop comparing. What else is a, is a an essential agree, uh, ingredient to uh, standing in your power. I love the, I love, and you said the word stand. And I think about when I'm in the, when I'm exercising my power, it's a stand. Yes. Yeah. And it's not preconditioned on anything except that I said so. Yes. So it's not because Adrian's doing, that's the comparing. It's not because the circumstance requires it. That's not it. It's because I said so, because I'm, there's a future I'm committed to. And this is, what I this is the provision for that future, whatever it is. But that's why I don't complain about it. It's like to complain about it is to look a is to condemn condemn the gift of the moment, right? And and, and so if I go back to, to to Eon, you know, it's kind of it sounds crazy to think that that there's a gift in that, but there was the deep there was a huge gift in standing in the midst of that, and there continues to be with my family. There's a gift, mm-hmm. but I can't get to know what the gift is till I stand for what I'm committed to then. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and if I keep, if I'm not willing to look into the dragon that burned me, then I'll never develop the character that's necessary to stand in the, the fire of the catastrophe of the catastrophe we call life. You know, it's catastrophic in many ways. And so to be able to stand, I think of the the archetype of Daniel in the lion's den or in in the fire, right? You stand and the fire forges you, right? It makes you stronger. It trues your character. It it you not you become less dependent on the things around you and you can become you can be a, a contribution because I don't need things to complete me. To, to make me right, to make me so, solid, I can now give myself to the situation. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as you move down this road, you know, if, if first thing is get connected to current reality, um, I think what happens next for us is, you know, some, to disassociate from the, like be, be willing to see and then be willing to disassociate from all of the very attractive narratives you've generated to keep you stuck, mm-hmm. which Dan illuminated, which is like circumstances, view of history, view of self. You know, we talk about universal human paradigm. Something's wrong, bad or broken with me or you or it. Um, and that can happen at different times. So, be, you know, historically, present day situations, future, doom, all that. Like, so... It, it will take back to Dan's point around discipline um, and thinking and being willing to like see where your favorite hiding spots are because all those stories are hiding spots. And the fact yeah. that you liked it and you changed your mind about it today, you're going to want to go back tomorrow. So being willing to have some discipline to hold on, let me wall off this tunnel to this hiding spot. Because I'm going to go back to why this is that, and it's da, 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 every circumstantial 
you know, etiological, as, as Freud would say, reason why I am the effect and I am not the cause. And in order to power equals cause in some regard, like I am, you know, to, to your point, Dan, which I was thinking exactly, I remember exactly where I was standing when I remember that point that you made hit me, which is we were in a negotiation with one of our founders and you gave me that feedback around how to support her. And it really made a difference for her. And that whole point of this is, this is where I am and this is where I'm going because I say so like that agency, Mm -hmm. which is why no one can ever give you your voice, right? You either decide to practice it or you decide not to practice it and blame them for it. This is why it's all this false. That was one of my questions I wanted to, that was one of the things I wanted to make sure we touched on is this idea, this fantasy. Well, I call, I'll call it a fantasy. I'm interested to hear what you guys think of empowering others. Yeah. It's a, yeah, well, it's a it's a very popular victim stance. As patronizing, if you're the one you think that you're empowering somebody else, it's full of patronization. Um, and if you are the one like needing to be empowered, you're just a victim stance waiting for your next rescuer. So, anyway, there's no there's no power in that at all. I'm I'm you know I, yeah. I, I I'm still uh, either I can only do what other people give me if I'm the recipient in or other people can only do what yeah, I give yeah. them, you know? So either way it's toxic. I think of, I, I don't know what, I, I, I'm not as clear as you about my resistance to that word. I think part of my resistance to that word is it seems hyper psychoanalytical like, and I do, I do pick up when you said condescending or patronizing. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I more like I can stand for someone and then they decide to get up for it, to it or not, you know, um, and somebody can stand for me. I've had people stand for me that have made a huge difference for me. And I could say, yeah, I, I experienced being empowered by their stand for me. Like I'm thinking about, there was a football coach and it was interesting because he stood for me. I lied to him. And went backpacking when I told him I was sick and he saw me with my buddy riding out of town. And and he he made me basically when I came back, he kicked me off the team and I was like, you know, I was the all American. How can you do that? I'm the guy. And he made it clear that I, I wasn't the guy. <laughs> and and that, you know, and, and I had to, I I walked off and I came back and I fought to get back on the team. And he said, Okay, here's the deal. You gotta get everybody on this team to say, yes, they're in with you. And if one person says, no, you're out. And it, it took a couple of meetings and a bunch of, I, they gave me a prescription of things I needed to do. And going through that transformed me. I transformed because I chose to respond to the challenge, but I was clear it was up to me. And I was clear that I couldn't control them. That if I was going to get, if they were going to go with me, I had to answer the call. You know yeah. I mean? His stand was an invitation is yeah. what I hear. Like yeah. his stand was an invitation. He didn't empower you. You had to own that yourself. That's right. Right. And he even could. though I felt empowered, that was me responding to his invitation. Right on. And, and I could have walked away and that would have been it. Yes. I walked away, but I came back and banged on his door and go, you can't do this. I, I'm, I'm up for this. So tell me what I got to do. And then that's when he laid it out. Yeah. Right. 
Well, I, I would say if, if I were to slice it a little bit um, is, you know, what we can do is believe in people. What we can do is generate opportunities for people, right? The space in which someone could yeah. take a stand and move forward. Um, I think my resistance to the empowered thing is, is it is kind of how it's usually, it's, it's, it, it is the word is used as a description of what's not happening. And, and rarely is it a conversation about personal responsibility. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a indictment of the circumstances and the quote unquote power differential and what people make up about that. Um, and why I can't because. And all that. So that's what I get resistant towards is how it's utilized and what license is usually baked into that conversation. But what I can get along with is, you know, it'll they'll feel empowered if I see them, if I acknowledge them, if I challenge them from an advocacy standpoint, and I point out opportunities for them to make the choice. But power yeah. isn't ever transferred. It's generated, I would say. Well, authority can be transferred. Like I give you the authority to do this. But right. that's still distinct from power because someone can have the authority and not be powerful in it at all. And they, we call those an empty suit. That's a person's a waste of time. They sit there they and to choose to author. You give the, I can give you the authority. Now you have to choose to take your power and do something with the authority. That's right. I was thinking about in the early days when I started training um, with back with ACCD many years ago a number of people who were involved with cults would come through the training for, and they would be kind of some, most of them would kind of reinvent themselves and take back their power. Mm -hmm. And they would have given their power to, they, they, they would come in with a story about I was used now. Mm -hmm. And, and certainly they were, but my point to them is how many times were you used? And then I asked the question, what do you think you were getting out of being used? What do you mean? What was I getting? And I said, well, have you ever considered that you got something out of the relationship? It was a quid pro quo. Like, and they would get, first they'd get very offended because it would assault their story of how they were tricked into being in a cult. And we're talking about, I'm talking about someone who's in a cult for seven or eight years and they're servicing the cult leader in very, um, well, you know, immoral ways, right? Whether it be sexual, financial, etc. And that when you ask somebody, because they're hurt, they're, they're hurt that this person took advantage of them. But when I ask, well, what do you think it started? And what do you think you got out of it? If you're not willing to look at how, if, if I'm not willing to look at how, what I got out of the dysfunction of a relationship, I'm I'm going to continue to not have my power because mm -hmm. they own it. And there's a very interesting dynamic. If uh, you read any of Lotto's work, he, he, he names a couple of really interesting bodies of study that show that the brain, if you want to take it, you want to get more powerful. You have to re-mean the past that you blame for your discomfort or your lack of fortune or whatever it is that until you look back into the past, because he says, he says, the brain isn't looking for truth. It's looking for utility. So if I can, and memory, all the work on memory shows how faulty memory is. 
So when I think about that, like when I look back into my past with my mother and I own how I contributed to my own distress, I begin to see how that work prepared me for what I'm doing now. I'm mm -hmm. really meaning the past. So what used to frighten me now invites me. <laughs> and, and right now it looks like a possibility, whereas before it looked like potential destruction. But I think that's really when we talk when we start talking about about taking our power back, we're going to have to go take responsibility for some how we contributed to where we are, which is not have anything to do with fault. Take mm -hmm. what did I contribute to, however small or large it is, that got me to this place with that person in this relationship in that deal. The more I I can see that, I can re mean that breakdown. And I, all of a sudden the bitterness disappears and what starts to open up is, Oh, I'm ready to go again. I'm really, mm. I'm ready to take a new chance. I see possibility where I saw none before. Right. And that takes some thought experiments. I know it, it helps me to have somebody like you two, Eileen, other partners we have to help me think through my part in it. How did I get there? So I think that's a huge that's a huge deal of recapturing, retaking your power back. And man, it usually shows up in contempt. When you ask somebody, they get contemptuous. You know you're on the path because they're ashamed to see themselves that way. Hmm. And so they respond in contempt to drive you away from what they don't want to see. And if I, then that's why I just calm down and give them plenty of room and then see if I can take another pass at it, if you will. And that, if, if, if there's anything of empowering, I think empowering comes out of me taking ownership of how I contributed to the breakdowns that have sabotaged me, hurt me, etc. And like I said, it may be a little, maybe a lot, but I, I'm not blaming myself in any way. I'm just looking at how I contributed many times unwittingly to the breakdown that I'm suffering. Mm -hmm. I think that's so crucial, man. I think that's like the crux of of all of this. Um, and we arrived there, you know, that, that taking personal responsibility for our contribution, there's nothing more empowering. I, at least from my life experience, everything that I've, you know, every place that I've blamed something else, and then finally came to owning my contribution. I, I feel, I feel so much that I took it back. <laughs> well, there's so many times I fucked it up that yeah. and I'm, I'm going to fuck it up again. So yeah. I might as well own it because it, the more I own it, probably the less I'm going to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> or when I start going down that path, path, I'll deviate. Yeah, I'll, I'll start I'll to say, well, I'll start to see the kind of red, the yellow flags before they hit red. Yep. Right yep. That's yep. right. Thank you, gentlemen. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Good time. As good as I hoped it would be. Awesome. Bless you, man. <laughs> Love you both. Bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.